glory, 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 glory to your name. Oh, we worship you, Master. We worship you, Father God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you, Father God. Oh, we love you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for our salvation, Father God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Father God. Oh, we magnify your name. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? Even if you don't feel like it, praise your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Say it with your lips. I praise you, Emmanuel. You know what? That word means God with us. There was no way God could come and live in us until, see, these things are meaningful. When, when your heart gets with God, it's like there was no way Amen. that God could live in man. <laughs> and God made a way <laughs> through the Virgin Mary and, and the Holy Spirit impregnating her. And, and, and then God died for us so we, he could come and live in us. Do you know what it says? As God is, so are you in this world. As God is. If you are born again, so are you as God in this world. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, uh, what was it saying in that last, uh, it was something there. Okay, well, okay, it said shepherd king. You know, a shepherd, you know what a shepherd does with a sheep? And he's our, just think, but he's a king. And But he's a shepherd. I mean, he'll, I'll just say it this way. It might sound kind of funny, but that's what came to me. He'll change our dirty diapers. <laughs> and yet he's a king. Do you see what I mean? And do you know what? He calls us kings too. So, and it's, you know, because he says, you, we always say, you are the king of all the kings. See, it's capital king. He's the king of all us little kings because we're just like him. We have to know who we are in Christ. You know what? Because otherwise it's a sad world. You're sad. I know because I was there and then I'm here. And now, I mean, I need to grow even more into that, who I am. You know, God all Mighty. Did you ever think of that? He's all mighty. <laughs> and that, that, that word means, um, it means El Shaddai. And El Shaddai is the God who is more than enough. Do you know what it even, it even says he's the many-breasted one. Did you know he's both male and female? That word has so much meaning in it. Almighty. He is male and female. That's why. <laughs> See, we are we are uh, a man with a womb, <laughs> women. But but see, he is almighty. He is both male and female in that word. He is the many-breasted one. It means he provides a mother provides all the nourishment for her child when it's born, and we we he provides everything for us if we believe it that he is. <laughs> El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough in our finances, in our healing, in, in every area of our life. He is. All of it. Amen. 
So glory to God. <laughs> Let's be happy. Yay. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing, isn't it? What did I do with all my stuff? I keep losing my glasses. I, I rebuke those words. <laughs> okay, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, we'll take the tithes and offerings right now. I'll do it. This is the day the Lord has made, right? Amen. So, you know, I, we're okay. Who would, who would say we were living in kind of trying times? Anybody agree we're living in trying times? <laughs> so there's a lot of people that are gripped in fear. You're not, right? <laughs> but it's, it's about the rights and our freedom and, you know, negative reports by the media, you know, and they're, you know what? <laughs> no. Okay, doom and gloom <laughs> designed by Satan. And it's to create panic and fear and depression and lack. You're all just, eh, I'm done with that, right? You're all done with it. Okay, the bottom line, though, is aimed at Christians to stop the church and to also stop the giving in the church because where does the gospel come from? Where does the money for the gospel come from? In all seriousness, where does the money come for missionaries to go overseas, to go to all the nations? Where does it come from? Where does it come from from all the evangelists? In all seriousness, where does it come from? It comes from the local churches. All of it does. comes from the local churches. You might not have known that, but that's it. Ask, try, see. <laughs> People in local churches, even if those like, like somebody, you know, a missionary going over there. And so, okay, and I want to tell you something. Though, if somebody, see, somebody comes in. In fact, recently I had that again. They want to come, and they want to come under us, and they want to preach or something. Some I don't know what, but but there's no you you have to stay in a church, you have to be part of a church. But that's did you know that? Okay, in the United States, most of the money for the missions and for all those outreaches all over the world come from the United States. Have always come from the United States, most of it. Like, I'm talking 85%. A little bit of stuff comes from other... Do you understand the impact of this? It's you. It's Everything's all nice and fine and dandy, but you know what? This is the word of the Lord to you today. Seriously, you got to come with a heart that wants to listen and wants to learn or wants, wants this. Okay. You know... And it was, you know, uh, well, Keith Moore was on this morning when we were getting dressed. And, and he was, t what, I, what I liked what he said, though, he says, this is food. I mean, this is the most important food there is. Yeah. 
Without this food, you don't get the other food, really. This is food. This is more important food than any kind of food there is. Okay, so what does giving do? It, it connects you to the supernatural power of God. If you're giving into, like, we send money away all over the place. Um, and I told you in the past, I've been told that I give too much money out. And I looked at, you know, Dufresne Ministries, and they're still like $3.5 million in debt because they, they're reaching out all over the world, though. <laughs> and you know how much money they gave away last year? I saw their report. They gave a million dollars, over a million dollars away. You know what? You know what? Why they get that all in? Because they keep giving. How do we pay off the church? You keep giving. How do you pay off the parking lot? You keep giving. How do you pay off everything you buy? The chairs. You keep giving. You know, some people. I'll tell you what. You you're going to so you can go some places and they're standing there begging you for money to pay off the stuff. Uh, I've never done that. Never. I'm just, I'm just telling you, it profits you. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you buddy. <laughs> but see, it, it, it connects you to supernatural power, because that money, like if we send it out to missionaries and anybody, you know, any speaker that goes all around and gets souls saved, every one of the souls that gets saved, you get credit for because you gave. Give to Richard Roberts. You give to to uh, Kenneth Copeland. I mean, there there's thousands of people being affected by that, and you get the same credit they get because you gave into it. See, and that just shows your covenant on earth with God, and you're dangerous to the devil when you do that because you begin to prosper. You know what else it does? It seals the word of God that you hear inside of you. You know what some people cannot understand because they don't give. It actually blocks it off. That's right in the, that's right in the Bible. <laughs> so, see, and, okay. We, okay, people are moved by fear, though, when it comes to money or, or anything. You know, and we can't be moved by fear. You know, you know, don't, like, if there's a problem with your finances, don't pretend like there isn't one. And or there's a problem, like, out there, what's going on now. But if you have faith, faith attacks all the problems of the word of God. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. And if I asked you if you believe the word, you all say yes. But do you ever, did you, my God, is he really your God? He supplies all your needs. How? According to your, to his riches and the glory. See, have you gone from glory to glory? 
you can change, you can make that word of God such important food that it's more important than anything else. And then people get excited. You know how I know that because I wasn't there and then it, you know, you know, slowly and I got there. But, but it, it takes some doing. I mean, you, you've got to get into the word. But I didn't, it didn't force myself. I was just like, wow, I find something, something that's more fun, <laughs> something that's real, and it isn't looking out of a, yeah, being just a bunch of routine stuff that you say that doesn't mean a hill of beans, even if it is the word. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's meaningful. It's like, ooh. God does that, and you, you just melt in his arms. He really is Emmanuel, and that's when you get, it's more of a, otherwise, it's religion again, religion, religion, religion. They got rid of the religion from the Pharisees. <laughs> okay, so Isaiah, actually, well, turn to Isaiah. Isaiah 60. Now, you know what? This is addressed to you, and we're in this time. Arise, verse 1, from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, according to his riches and glory. You're going from glory to glory. See, we used to have glory, little tiny glories up here, little bit bigger, little bit, 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 bit. And we're going to get them back up there. We're going to design, we're trying to design something, and we'll get there. <laughs> get the carpet in. Okay, but it says, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. And you can go from glory to glory to glory. My God supplies all of my needs according to to his riches in glory. Where are you in the glory? See? For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord's risen upon you, but do you really care? Do you really give a hang? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my wife made me go to church today, or my husband made me go to church. <laughs> you know what? No, be your own person. Because it says, now here, this is happening right now. It says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And King James says, And dense, it says, gross darkness. All the people, but the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And all nations shall come to your light. God lives in you, Emmanuel. And that light is in you, and people can tell it. Amen. Unless you're just a dull Christian. <laughs> there, there's so much. If you just read that whole thing, oh my gosh. Ugh. See, you're light bearers. Just because you have, it says, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit but you are full of the life and the light of God. 
Now, you can prosper no matter what. As the world gets darker, the church is supposed to get lighter. So we have a better covenant that they had in the Old Testament. And we don't have to go under with the world system. No matter what they said, a lack of shortage of this or that or whatever is going to happen. You know what? We, like the Israelites, they, they weren't even born again. And they, when they came, they uh, went to Egypt and the Pharaoh, you know, well, well they went, I'm not going to explain that whole thing. But anyway, there was the land of Goshen. When, when, they, when the Egyptians were getting attacked with all those plagues and all that stuff and with darkness, there was the land of Goshen where the, the Israelites were living and they weren't afflicted with anything. It was like a line, just a plain old line. Here was darkness, or rather, here was light, here was darkness. Here was a, a bunch of insects, here was none. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, the hail with fire was pouring and hailing big, big stones. On this side, nothing. Over here. And God will keep us in the land of Goshen. In fact, we've been saying that for years since the beginning. Of, and almost like, you know, you know, when, when something happens, we're going to be in the land of Goshen. So what are you listening to, the negative system of the world or the faith-producing voices of the Word and the Holy Spirit? You know what? Your, your answer to that has a direct bearing on the circumstances in your life. You can have a whoopee-doo life, and you can be, have a happy life. <laughs> you can have a healed life. You can have a prosperous life and when everything else is going wrong. In all seriousness, and then you can help other people. Our whole purpose is to get the gospel out to other people. Um, <laughs> Proverbs 8.34 in the Amplified actually says, I wrote it down. It says, blessed is the man who listens to me, not me, him. <laughs> but if me, if me, me, me is saying what me says him, <laughs> get it? <laughs> I'm trying to rouse you up. <laughs> okay, if me says what him, me says, then, then, <laughs> blessed is the man who listens to me. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is speaking. <laughs> Tune out the voices of the doom and the gloom and use your own voice. Get in agreement with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. Okay, so we got them passed out. Let's hit it. <laughs> we can. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Your word never returns void but shall accomplish what we please and prosper in the thing for which we sent it. So, Father, we thank you that you said you are our God and you're our shepherd king, and you will take care of us. You will pick us up out of the muck and the gruck and whatever it is, Lord, and pick us up, Lord, and heal us just like a shepherd does and make us little kings on this earth, Lord. We thank you. So you are our God. When you, we make you truly God, you will supply. 
It says, my God, is he your God? Or is there something higher in your life? Worry and fear of a lack or, or pain and depression. No, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. I get a, a penicitis, 1945, no antibiotics. They weren't, didn't exist yet. <laughs> and, and I had a, had a ruptured appendix with, and I've told you this before, but with all double pneumonia because they didn't know what it was and it kept leaving it. You know, then gangrene set in and all this stuff, little girl. Okay, so they take me and then I had, I had to have a spinal for them to put, they finally figured out to West Point, Nebraska, teeny town, you know, because I lived in a littler town. This hospital, I mean, accommodated maybe, I'm not even 100 people, 50, I don't know, I don't remember. But, um, um, you know, you think about that, and then my sisters, and my cousin's sister, and my cousin were a nurse, I told you this, but they, all of a sudden, they heard about that the United States Army was experimenting with something called penicillin. And you know, it's, and because I was in the hospital for two weeks and I was still dying. And most people don't even last now with one of those after effects of it. And so I, I know God was faithful. See, some people think God causes everything. He is not caused any of that stuff. That's the devil. He was trying to kill me. In fact, I was even three weeks late and I weighed over 10 pounds when I was born. And my mother had me in the house. That's where they had them, in a house. They have their children in the house. And, and it was tough having me. <laughs> I mean, I heard, you know, it wasn't coming out. I could have died in the womb, you know, too. And, uh, you know, there, there are just so many things, you know, just kind of the stuff that happens to you. But I think God was always there. He was always there. I didn't know him as a born-again child, but but he was always there. You know, my dad died screaming from cancer in the bones, from cancer of the prostate when I was 14. I mean, I heard all that. And then, you know, I happened to go. I was a cheerleader, and I went to a basketball game. And then this somebody in the church said, she shouldn't have been doing something like that when her dad was, was in the hospital. And I was like, you know, and that made me feel bad. It made me feel guilty. I mean, I, I can remember stuff like that. And I thought, oh, I, did I hurt him? Did I? You know what? People should. Uh, people aren't like that now. But it was religious spirit. It really was. See, it's, those kind of things, they kind of imprint on you. You know, and I remember I cried because I thought it was my fault and stuff like that. You know, but God was always faithful. You know? So then I marry a doctor, and he, you know, we had two children, and, and one's 10, 10 and a half months old, the other one's 20 months old, and, and he died. 
suddenly. You know what? I, and I mean, but God was there. Would you believe that was in Portland, Oregon? And my relatives just happened to visit yeah. right then. <laughs> right before that, they were already there. I mean, it was a shock. We thought, you know, we're just going to go have some fun in Oregon. But, um, you know, God is always, see, see, I felt like people were thinking, yeah, well, God, he causes everything. No, he doesn't cause any of that. God is good, and there's no badness in him, and he can't cause bad. So he was faithful when you didn't even know him. He helped you come through stuff. You know, it could be drugs. It could be divorces, stuff like that hurts. <laughs> oh, hey, well, I might as well tell you this part, too, because now we've been married for 54 years. Five. Okay, but then my sister-in-law from the other one, from the first marriage, she, see, I was married in 1962. <laughs> I've got, anyway, I started saying something. A salad bowl that's 60 years old and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, no, no, the salad bowl. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> no. I don't know why I said that. No, no. <laughs> no, okay, she shouldn't have told me this, and I'm just going to tell you this. So that was something else to get over. She said he was committing adultery. And see, how does that make you feel? The other day that it came up to me. And it hurt. You know, yeah, they told you he killed. See, but God was faithful. He was he was always there. He was always he was always trying to comfort you and help you and lead you in the right direction. So don't think we don't remember all the guck. But I mean I'm telling you all the guck, but but I, I just want to tell you. You can get over, all I can think about is how faithful he was to me. His goodness then ran after me. And he, he puts you in places and here we are. And it's happy. Amen. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you can give the, <laughs> amen. I, I just, I felt like the Holy Ghost wanted me to say that. Yeah, hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. God has been so good, so good. Each one of us can, can think on how he's been good in our life. I mean, just being here, being awake, opening your eyes this morning. I mean, that's, that's revealing his goodness, so praise God. Well, welcome to church. We are so glad you are all here with us this morning. Um, make sure you silence your phones this morning. We don't want any uh, devices going off during service uh, or turn them off, whichever uh, is your preference. Yes, children can be dismissed. Please, uh, children's be dismissed. Uh, children's in nursery. Um, and then remember, there's no gum or food in the sanctuary, just water. Um, and then make sure you check out our bookstore. We have some fun stuff. We actually just got some new... Um, sweaters that we're about to order. Um, last week we did a show of a raise of hands. 
Um, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, to show off our new sweater for Dufresne Ministries. Uh, it has the G the original Jesus the Healer logo, uh, and that was from their broadcast when Dr. Dufresne was alive. And so I we have one here, just a sample one. Um, this is what they look like. They do not have the T-shirts available right now. Uh, maybe that will be something we can look more into in the summer. Um, but right now they do not have um, those available. Uh, they just have the sweaters. They are $32.00 plus tax. So if you would like one, we need your size ordered. So please go and visit Miss Stephanie in the bookstore. They just go up to 2X. Yep, small to 2X is uh, what they had online. But uh, it, they are available to order. So make sure you head there to the bookstore and order yours. Some of us picked some up when we were in California, and they are just fun to advertise. I mean, you're advertising for Jesus. It says Jesus the healer right on the back. So yeah, praise the Lord. That's what I like about it. And then coming up here, uh, the beginning of next month, we are so excited to celebrate our dear pastor's birthday. Um, so we already started the offerings. We're doing them every Wednesday and Sunday, uh, just a couple minutes after service. If you want to stick around, we can bless our pastor. This is going straight to him. So if you're writing a check, make sure that you make checks payable to, to Ken me. Hartman or or. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ken Harmon. <laughs> Take her too seriously sometimes. What did she say? She's trying to take her husband's money. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, praise the Lord. So uh, we are so happy he is uh, turning 80. And so come and celebrate with us. That will be March 6th. Uh, you can celebrate and you can give offerings all month long um, right after service. And then we are excited for uh, Reverend Ricky yeah. Edwards Yay. coming March 26th. Uh, he's going to be here 26th and 27th. He's going to be a Saturday night at 7 and a Sunday morning, 10 a.m. and uh, Sunday night at 7 p.m. So we are so excited for those services. Make sure you mark your calendar uh, and plan to be here. Um, we also have some birthday celebrations going on this month. Uh, it was just Ian's birthday, the Valentine baby. <laughs> And then coming up here with Miss Jolene's birthday, she's going to be 83, was that it? Yeah, ooh, we are so Whoa. excited. And now, are you the oldest con I think she is. She is uh, the oldest. Okay, mm -hmm. and she is the oldest congregation member we have, so we are, yeah, so so make make sure to take some time to bless her, because, you know, that brings an anointing, yes. uh, that, that yeah. being the oldest, you know, the <laughs> oldest and the young, it's just fun, okay. <laughs> Um, and then Victoria is going to be five this year. So we are celebrating her birthday coming up pretty quick here. And then, of course, Pastor Ken's birthday is on the 1st of March. We are so excited for his birthday to celebrate him. Make sure you take some time to um, do something extra for him. You know, I always like to do a little bit extra. Uh, you know, as as an adopted granddaughter, I, f I feel in my place that I have to. I get to give him a gift as a granddaughter, and then I get to give him a gift as a congregation member, and then I get to give him a gift as a friend. And you know what I mean? Like just every every incident that that's I can good. give him a gift, and that's not just him. I like to do that for everyone. So you know, it's just fun to get to bless the body of Christ. Yeah. 
And then we have Miss Stephanie Tobin's birthday on March 4th. So we are so excited for that. And then for anniversaries this month, we had two. Randy and Pam had their anniversary, their Valentine's anniversary. And Mike and Michelle had their anniversary, their second anniversary. So we are excited for that. Um, I believe that is all of the announcements. Uh, we just had our regular services this week. Um, so say God bless you to someone nearby. Yeah. And uh, we'll prepare to hear the word of God. Amen. Okay. God bless you. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there's nothing like coughing and writing your comment or whatever. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 5:27 says, <clears throat> you can put that up there out of the Amplified. You know, it's comparing marriage with the, uh, the husband and wife and with the church. And, and it says that God might present the church. Who's the church? But I mean, what is it? Anybody could say that. Next. Yeah, born-again people are the real church. Okay. So, that he might present the church to himself that uh, uh, a groom might present his wife to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things that she might be holy and faultless without any blemishes. Okay, now the church is going to be triumphant. The church is not downtrodden, backslidden, or weakened, but it's going to be filled with the glory of God. There is no way the church is going down, not the real church. Okay, so how do we overcome the devil? Go to Revelation 12, 11. And so right before that, it's talking about the accuser of the brethren. Well, I guess we're actually... Uh, let's read... Uh, you know what? Let's read 10 first. It says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now it has come, the salvation and the power and the kingdom, the dominion and the reign of our God, of his... Oh, and the power of the sovereignty, the authority of his Christ, the Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren, he who brings, keeps bringing things before God charges against them day and night has been cast out. He has been cast out. Okay, but the accuser of the brethren is the devil. And when you start accusing other people of things, who is using you? Did you ever think of that? <laughs> we we can we can be the accuser of the brethren sometimes uses our mouth. Okay, or tries to. But they overcome and conquered him by well, you know what I like the King James. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Yes. 
and the word of their testimony. What's the word of their testimony? It's the word of God. And they loved not their lives to the death. So the blood and the word of God and loving not your lives. See, when persecution comes, in all seriousness, persecution can come to you through relatives, through other people. Do we compromise to relieve the pressure? Someone does something, you know, in a, it, it, you know, you've got sometimes, you know, do you agree with them or like if, if something's a bad thing that they tell you or, or whatever, you know? Okay. Now this is, that I'm just saying stuff here, but before the foundation of the world, God established the blood of Jesus. Before the foundations of the world. God knows everything, right? He's omniscient. Okay. God knew man was going to fall before he created him. Why did he create him? <laughs> because he wanted a family. Okay. Before God formed man, though, he foreordained man's redemption with his precious blood. Do you know what? The cross occurred before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world. Now, people talk about predestination. There is a couple times it says predestinate. You know, we were, <coughs> he was, we were talking about that the other day. Okay. So it sounds like, and I've heard other people say that, you know, and there, it's in the Bible two times, two or three times. And um, what, what the deal was is he, he was crucified before the foundations of the world. Isaiah, the prophet, saw it hundreds of years, thousands of years later. He saw it later and prophesied it in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 53, he talked about the cross. You see, okay, now this is the deal. Jesus died. I'm going to talk about this because I heard, well, when I was teaching school, one of, somebody said from a different denomination, and they says, yeah, I don't know about that predestination thing. Okay, what the deal is, God died for every single person in the whole world. Every person, every person. But we all have a free will. And some people harden their hearts toward him. And even in the Old Testament, the verbiage, the verbs and the, the way they, they said things, it, it sounds like God did this and God did that. And it was, and it says, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. No, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. They all, you, you're the one who can harden your heart and get away from it. You, you can harden your heart, and you've got to watch that because the devil loves that, <laughs> and he'll bring things into your life. Okay, so not everybody, he wanted, to, he died for, took everybody's sins, even those people who reject him, and now they're rejecting him, and they're going to go to hell, but, but he already died. He took their sins on him, isn't that? I mean, he, whoa, huh. <laughs> That was awful, and yet they don't want him. 
and they think we're pulling them into some religion or something. I always say that. I'm not trying to, I don't care if you go to this church. I don't, you know, just take Jesus in your heart and mean it. Okay. But see, okay. So, but the blood of Jesus was there from the foundations of the world. Okay. And God knew. And so he wanted to rescue us. He wanted to ransom us. Uh, that, that word redemption, he, he redeemed us with his precious blood. Now, redemption means rescued. But see, that's got to mean something to you. Somebody rescues you. You're about ready to get killed or whatever, and they rescued you. Or he ransomed us. He paid a price. They had you on a slavery auction block, and they were going to sex traffic you or something like that, men or women. You know what? And Jesus ransomed you, bought you back. He reclaimed you. He regained you. He released you. He re liberated you. Okay, go. let's go to 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20. Okay, it says in verse 18, out of the Amplified, you must know or recognize that you were redeemed, ransomed, rescued from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. It is true that he, Jesus, was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundations of the world. There it is. But he was brought out to public view, made manifest in these last days, at the end of times for the sake of you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 10, but don't turn there, it says you were bought with a price. But let's go to the Amplified um, Romans 3, 23. Just trying to establish a foundation here. Romans 3, 23. Now, because of Adam's sin, we all sinned. It came down to us. It comes down to all children, to all babies. That's why they need to get born again when they're older. Baptism doesn't hit it. That isn't what does it. Although we're supposed to be baptized when we know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory, the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. However... All are justified. You know what justified really means? God looks at you just as if you had never sinned. Every time I say justified, I like to say it that way. He looks at you, oh, they never sinned. You know what? Because he looks at you through the blood on the mercy seat. 
all are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace through the redemption, the rescuing, the ransoming, which is provided in Christ Jesus. Oh, 25. Whom God put forward, he put forward Jesus before the eyes of all as a mercy seat. And the propitiation, that means he, um, he well, he, he cleansed you with it. But he did something with his blood in order to do that. The cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received. But you've got to receive it through faith. That's why you, you get born again by faith. You've got to believe it and just receive it. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he, he saw ahead. Forbearance means you see ahead, okay? He had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Okay, so from the second you got born again, all the sins you ever committed are washed away. However, after you sin, there's 1 John 1, 9, you confess those sins because God is faithful and just to forgive you. All you have to do is go to him and say, God, I did this. Whatever, it, and name it because he already knew it. Might as well name it. <laughs> did you ever do that? It's hard to say. <laughs> I don't want to say it just in case he didn't see it. <laughs> no. But that's not true. He did see it. Okay. So, all right, now, and now you don't have to turn here either, but listen, Ephesians 1, 7, it says we have, we have been redeemed through his blood and even have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Okay, so the bloodline started in heaven before the foundations of the world. And God himself, that Adam and Eve, then he created the earth, and here comes Adam and Eve, you know what? And they goofed up, and he himself shed the first blood type when he made coverings for Adam and Eve out of animal skins. You know, some, uh, somebody uh, one time got some revelation knowledge out of that, and they said that, they were, and it's true, and they said that's what the difference between religion that's true. and being covered by the real blood of Jesus. You could do a bunch of good works, and it, it doesn't. It's it's just trying to cover it. But Jesus wipes it out. And see, that's why I was so grateful to learn the right thing when I was forty years old. <laughs> see. Animal blood was shed on the altar in, in the Old Testament, which atoned or just covered the sins. Right. Okay, now this blood, though, was a type and a shadow of the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. They kept slaying lambs for the sins. They did other things, bulls too and stuff, but, but it, lambs, you know, for your sins. They had to do that. It to cover that over. But it was a type and a shadow of the one final lamb of God. It was Jesus. And he was like a lamb slaughtered. 
Now, you know, just listen when I say here. Leviticus 17.11 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. As soon as you die, your blood drains out, and that there's no more life. Right? Okay, the life of the flesh is, in, of your flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life it represents. So they took an animal and took the life out of it to cover your sins, you know, for eventually. Okay, now, the, the, the precious blood of Jesus was manifested when Jesus came to the earth, when he was born. Okay, Hebrews 10.5, and I, people don't notice, uh, sometimes, one time I noticed, that was because we were in prison ministry, for seven years, and all of a sudden, this lady would teach, and she was really good. And she, um, eventually, she turned it over <laughs> to us, though. Okay, but um, she said, did you see that scripture? And I was a baby Christian, and she wasn't. I went, oh, God said to Jesus, a body I have prepared for you. He prepared, he said that to Jesus. Jesus, will you go down to earth? And give that body up as the Lamb of God and let it be slaughtered. And Jesus poured his blood out at Calvary. You know what? I used to meditate. I don't do it so much now. But meditate on the different places. The first place was Garden of Gethsemane. When he was so stressed about what was going to happen that the blood came out. His, his blood pressure went up so high. It came out of the pores, and he bled. Then they pulled out his beard. They literally, they yanked it out. How would you like that? Anybody who has a beard in here? <laughs> Ooh, ouch. And see, that would take chunks of the layers of skin, right? Okay. Then they put on the crown of thorns, and those thorns were seven inches long. And you know what? They were filled with poison. That's something most people don't know. And then the soldiers took, and there weren't just a few soldiers from Rick Renner. <laughs> there were four to six, 400 to 600 soldiers that went past him like this with his hands were back, and they first they goobered on him, they spit on him, which he couldn't wipe it off, and then they would they tapped the thorn, the crown of thorns. They went each one of them, and there was poison in those. Can you imagine? And that was another place he bled. Okay, then he was whipped at the whipping post, and with his hands tied so that he couldn't move or avoid. You know what I mean? Um, then his hands or his wrist, I don't know for sure, but anyway, were, were nailed to the cross and his feet. I mean, that the, all that was blood. And then they pierced his side was the last one. But every bit of that precious blood is on a mercy seat up in the heavenlies, in the holy of holies. And there's a heavenly holy of holy. Actually, it's a courtroom too. <laughs> And it is still there. And I mean, this is real stuff. That blood did not dry up. It is alive. 
It is still alive. Why? Because every time you say the word of God over a situation, Jesus said they're saying the word, and the Father looks at the mercy seat, and he has mercy on us. See, it reminds the Father God that we are been redeemed, rescued, and ransomed by his son Jesus. There before the throne of the living God, the blood ever speaks mercy for you. It's always speaking mercy because it's alive. Now you can draw, okay, why I'm saying all of this, I have Hebrews 12, 24. I guess I better turn there. <laughs> Sometimes you write those scriptures down and you, you've looked them up, but then you thought, what did they say? <laughs> 12, 24. I'm just being honest with you. Okay, 12, 24. Oh, <clears throat> Okay. And to Jesus, the mediator, the go-between, the agent of a new covenant. We're in a new covenant, the New Testament. And to the sprinkled blood, which means, speaks of mercy, a better and nobler, a more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. So you know what? You could draw a bloodline around your loved ones. Or you could plead the blood of Jesus around them daily against all the power of the enemy. When you actually put that, do that, you are placing them in the holy of holies. Okay, so remember, we've, we've sung that song, the veil was torn, the doors opened wide. I saw glory, but I could run inside. See, the priest had to be perfect before, and then they put those, they put the um, pomegranates on the bottom, or was it bells on the bottom? Not pomegranates. <laughs> Maybe they made the bells out of pomegranates. Well, they did something. Anyway, they put bells on the bottom, and then they tied a rope around something. Yeah, oh, his ankle. Okay, a long rope, because nobody could go in the Holy of Holies. And just in case he didn't confess all his sins, that he would die. He would die in that Holy of Holies if he had any sins. Now we can go in the Holy of Holies. Guess what? If you're born again, the Holy of Holies is in you. The Holy of Holies is actually in you. Just think the priests couldn't go in there. They, unless they were all, you know, and they chose pre, different priests each year, and then they died. There was a song that came out here. The bells ringing, they're singing. Aren't you must be born again. You know, and I, I thought, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> you have to be born again now, but you can go right directly in the Holy of Holies. And that's when the veil was torn, and it was torn from the top to the bottom when, right when Jesus died. And I know it was like 20 feet high, and the curtain itself was four inches thick. And no, it said no one, no human could actually have torn it or gone like this. They would have to get a ladder and go up, and you know, and then go, you know, trying to get candy packages open. No. <laughs> 
oh man, I'm hungry for these Cheetos. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Yeah, I can't get this thing open. <laughs> so you get a pen. I mean, I've gone to the grocery store and I thought, I'm hungry. <laughs> so I take a pen and then wreck the pen. And <laughs> Anybody else ever do that? No. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Hebrews, but we're going to look this up. Hebrews ten nineteen should be close in there. Hebrews ten. Okay. Okay. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom now and confidence to enter into the holy of holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. So see, you can go, you can put that bloodline around your kids. You can put it around your property too. And anything that you're a steward over or that you own, <laughs> uh, you know, you can put it around your body, your body of somebody, your house. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, people you're praying for. All those. Now, I know some of you, this is an old story that I heard a long time ago in one of the books and stuff. And uh, happened in Tennessee, but it's a true story. The, this husband and wife were ministers, but this was before they had telephones. All they had were telegraph. <laughs> or in the mail was like you'd get it in three weeks or whatever. And um, they, were, they were missionaries, though, the husband and wife, and they had some kids. So they took their kids over to Grandma and Grandpa's house, and they lived on an acreage. And, uh, yeah, and they were, uh, were going to go to Canada to minister the gospel. And um, so they left the children at home with the Grandpa and Grandma. And uh, right before they had left, they heard about that there were rabid foxes all around the property because it was kind of like in a forest type. And you know what? <clears throat> so they got over to Canada, and they had great results. A whole bunch of people got born again, spirit-filled, and so forth. And then after that meeting, the husband started to think. He kept thinking, what if my children grow out there, and they're not watching close, and those foxes get on the property, and they, they bite them. And he kept thinking about them. So he started praying with some of the other godly people there to him. And they actually uh, prayed together. And they put the blood of Jesus in. I can't remember. It was a big acreage. They put the blood of Jesus all around the property of the grandma and grandpa. That the foxes could not get on that property. And they, they had. So then they had. They had a, um, they actually gave them a telegram, you know, and they, they didn't even receive it or nothing. <laughs> but when they got there, when they got back to, uh, back to the grandma and grandpa's house, um, one of the, one of his, uh, was the grandpa or whoever it was, or one of his brothers, the guy's brothers, was uh, walking. He said, you know, it's really funny. I was walking around the edge of the property and I found five foxes dead right on the edge of the property, on the other side. And, and he said they actually turned them in to have them checked that they were all rabid. <laughs> Isn't that something? So see, you can put the blood of Jesus around you. 
in our garage door. We backed into it, and we haven't got it fixed yet because, you know, stuff is come. And, I, you know, so, you know, he's put the blood of Jesus. You don't want people walking in there. But, um, all right. So, I mean, see, in Exodus, God told Moses to put the blood of the lamb on the t two a doorposts. So, and so they would put it here, here, and here. Well, that's like a cross. And the death angel could not go in there when that blood, they had the blood of a lamb, though, but God honored that. Now, remember, though, this plague was judgment on Egypt that all of the firstborn males would die. But the children of Israel, as sons of Adam, were also due the stroke of judgment. Right? Because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. Amen? Do you get that? Satan knew it, too. Because he hadn't redeemed him yet. So, God, that's why he provided for the blood of a lamb. That's why he told him that he provided for, you know, he said, slay a lamb, you know, and because he was the real lamb that would protect him. So that blood on, on, on top on their house withheld judgment. You know what? I think Kenneth Copeland, actually he showed in his magazine that when COVID first came, was he actually did that to his big front door. He did, and it was in the magazine. <laughs> you know, and sometimes, you know, Catholics make the sign of the cross, which I was, but really that's what it was. <laughs> Okay, so the blood of Jesus is effective against Satan when you apply it by faith. You got to believe it. You got to believe that, though. The blood is a hedge that stops the destroyer. And see, I put on the side here, you know, we can live in the land of Goshen. You know what? And I always think of Psalm 91 a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. Here I stand. <laughs> but it will not come near me. Amen. I go, oh, look what's happening over there. Oh, look what's happening, you know, and it won't come near you. Amen. So this, I mean, use the blood. If anybody, how many people know Mark Hankins? He talks about the blood a lot. He's a Rhema grad, very, very good. See, we can do the same thing. The blood is a hedge. It'll put a hedge. Now, we're going to go to the city of Jericho, Rahab, who, who did that? Okay, <laughs> so here we go, the book of Judges, and we're going to start in, no, Joshua, I mean, Joshua 2. It's way up here. Now, let me just explain this. Everybody heard about the walls of Jericho, right? <laughs> so Jericho was a Canaanite city. <laughs> now, just the word Canaanite, it was, it was very corrupt. It was very perverted, and it was very wicked. And they all had that. They had religion. But you know what their religion centered on? Fertility. You know what I'm going to say, but it's, it's gross. 
Okay, their rights and their R-I-T-E-S, not right, your right of freedom, your rights, the performance, you know, they have rights in religious churches and stuff like that. Okay, and their customs were sex and murder. Yeah. And guess who they murdered? The same ones they're murdering today. Babies. Baal worship. See, the spirit of Baal worship is, still, is over the United States until we get rid of abortion. It needs to be prayed for. Anyway, the babies were put into the hands of God statues and they were burned. And see, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how they, well, I don't think it talks, yeah, something about the drums. They would beat drums to cover the screams of those babies. I mean, I'm just telling you history. It may, I could almost cry when I say it. Because they would do loud drums to cover that. Oh, sick. Anyway, God wanted that city destroyed. Okay, so Joshua 2. Uh, okay, so in Joshua 2, um, Joshua was the ruler because Moses had gone. I, yeah, died. Anyway, uh, so... They, he says, let's spy out the land of Jericho because God told them to take it. And so they went to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And the king of Jericho was told that they were there, but they were from Israelites. And he said, make sure we kill them before they leave. <laughs> However, Rahab hid them. She hid them. Let's go to verse 9. We'll put in verse 9 up there. Jericho, I mean Jericho, Joshua 2, Jericho <laughs> chapter 2, verse 9. Now, just think, Jesus is in the lineage of Rahab, a harlot. Jesus. That's how forgiving Jesus is and merciful. So don't don't ever go. You know, don't ever do that. If somebody gets pregnant, help them. <laughs> help those people. Okay. Yeah. Verse nine. And Rahab said to the men, "I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you." Verse 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the east side of the Jordan, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and you destroyed them. Verse 11, when we heard it, our hearts melted. In other words, they went, oh, my gosh. They were scared. Neither did spirit or courage remain any more in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She just proclaimed God right there. Now, verse 12, when I pray, now then I pray you swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a sure sign. And save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all they have and deliver us from death. Let's go one more. And the men said to her, our lives for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, 
Then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. And she led him out with the rope. Okay. Um, all right. Well, before I do that, okay, first of all, okay. So she dared to ask for the lives of her, of her whole family. <laughs> when they knew that the Israelites were going to come and invade the city. But not only that, she asked for their furniture <laughs> and all their material goods and all their belongings, you know. <laughs> That's a type and a shadow of salvation for our children. Woo! Is that good? No matter what they're doing. See, they didn't have time to use the blood of a lamb so then, on, on, we'll, we'll read it. She put a red scarlet cord out the window, which represented the blood of Jesus. Verse 18. I'll prove it to you. Verse 18. So, let's see. Back up. Okay. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall bind this scar scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall bring your father and mother, your brothers and all your ho father's household into your house. And if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head and will be guiltless. So stay in that, stay in that house. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if I tell you this business of ours, we shall be guilt guiltless of your oath which you made which you made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so it is. So she sent them away, they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. And the king did question her, and she lied to him. Sometimes, you okay? No. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, I started to think about that yesterday <laughs> while I was supposed to be watching Alicia. <laughs> okay, so, you know what, and there was an old prof prophetic word from um, Jeannie Wilkerson was a intercessor for Kenneth Hagin, and she was a prophetess also, and, um, and, she's, and she said this, she's gone to heaven since, but she said, tell people not to be concerned over my appearance because of lost loved ones. Tell them to name them to me in prayer, and those whose names they call to me in faith, I will see to it that they make it if I have to wrestle them on their beds in the nighttime. That's your children. It was God saying that. Name them in prayer. See, and with Rahab, even the material goods were saved. We can do the same thing with our property. You can do the same thing with your pets. I don't know how many times I would, uh, the cat was lost. I said, I put the blood of Jesus around her, him, whatever, you know, and, and animals, it crops, right? And maybe the animals are your livelihood too. You know, businesses, letter sent. My one daughter went to ORU, to O. Roberts University, and she, his mother. <laughs> anyway, but she wasn't getting, uh, we sent all the stuff in, and it, we weren't hearing anything. And the time was coming. And you know what? 
the Lord told me to put the blood of Jesus around it and the angels to cut the red tape. And <laughs> two days later, it came. <laughs> I, you know, it, it just, sometimes he'll tell you what to pray. So now we plead the blood of Jesus. Plead in the Hebrew means to conduct a legal case. <laughs> to strive and to contend. Contend. It's like a lawyer. You, you're the lawyer using the word of God. Okay? Um, so you plead, you strive for your rights with the blood of Jesus and the word of God. You contend for your rights with the blood of Jesus and the word of God. And you set forth a legal case with the blood of Jesus and the word of God. So see, the Bible actually says that Jesus is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is one of his names is advocate, and that means lawyer. He's a mediator. He's a go-between. He, it's like a lawyer or one that argues for a cause and one that pleads in another behalf as an intercessor. So see, that's what you're doing too. Remember, okay, let's, uh, yeah. Well, remember Revelation 12, 10 and 11. And I, I actually wrote it down here. I heard a loud voice saying in the heavens, now is the time of salvation and strength in the king of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren, this is out of King James, is cast down which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him with the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. And see, they usually stop there, but honest to God and loving not their lives till the death. And you know what? But that means consecrate your life to God. Accuser of the brethren shows Satan's character. Though it is ongoing activity, don't listen or participate in accusations against brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because when you do, you're on the accuser's side of Satan. You're a vessel. <laughs> he is speaking through. You're letting the devil speak through your voice. So the blood of the, the lamb, though, redeemed man from Satan's hold yeah. and, and unto God and his plan. Yeah. Now, redeem, remember, it means to recover ownership by paying a specified sum. Wow. You know, it's like if you lost something. You lost some, some beautiful thing. And let's say someone finds it, they take it to a hawk shop. And you find it there, but that the hawk shop, you know, they put, let's say it's worth thousands of dollars, and the hawk shop put it even higher. <laughs> so see, meanwhile, you, you, you hope that no one else is going to buy it or redeem it, right? But God made us. He lost us to the devil. He did. But he rescued us. He redeemed us. And it wasn't with silver and gold, but with his precious blood. He bought us back. So, now we're, we're going to just, well, I'll end it on this. Though. Our redemption is threefold. Go to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Now we're in the New Testament. 
Galatians 3, so important. Now, let's see. Let's put it up on the King James first. Christ has redeemed us, he has rescued us, he has ransomed us from the curse of the law. So I put a big line here and wrote something in my Bible. The law is written in the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. But in Deuteronomy 28, it says the curse, it says all kinds of things. It names sicknesses and diseases. Name, I mean, it does. It names them all, practically. And then those that, you know, there are some new ones now. Okay, yeah, everything. Hemorrhoids, elephant, <laughs> cancer. You know what? It doesn't say it like that, but that's what it is. Okay. And it names, it, Deuteronomy 28, it's a long chapter. In every sickness and plague, it says, not written in the book is a curse of the law. And when you don't follow that law and do what Jesus, it can come on you. And it was still, though, from the devil. And no man could annul a covenant, though, of blood. Okay. So it, it was the curse of the law. Now, Galatians 3, 13. Um, wait, let's read 14, too, out of the King James. That the blessing, why? Okay, it says, no, no, I didn't finish this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For cursed was he who hung on a tree. Right? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that's us, that we might receive this promise, the spirit of promise, by faith. You just got to believe it. Okay, the curse of the law was in Deuteronomy 28. It says, we're redeemed, we're rescued, or ransomed by getting born again from the curse of the law. And it names all the sicknesses and diseases poverty and lack and all those things there's three things mentioned spiritual death and everybody everybody knows that one get born again but then when it comes to the poverty they don't believe it they've we've even been told we're supposed to be poor how can you take over the world when you're poor you can't because all you're worried about is money you got your mind on money more than other people frankly you can't Poverty, God redeemed us, rescued us, ransomed us from poverty. Because I was told that too. And baloney, people don't take a vow of poverty. I've seen those take a vow of poverty at better cars than anybody. <laughs> anyway, never mind. <laughs> okay, the other thing, spiritual death, poverty, sickness, and disease. Trouble is, we all have too much sickness and disease, and we've been redeemed, rescued, and ransomed from it by the blood of Jesus. Right. Yeah. But we've got to receive it by faith. Let's read it out of the Amplified now. Verse 13. Okay, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law in the Old Testament, and its condemnation 
by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written in scriptures, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, is crucified. To the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, you've got to receive him. See, nobody told me to do that. In the denomination, nobody told me, you've got to receive Jesus. The blessing promised to Abraham might come on the Gentiles. But see, the Gentiles are people who aren't Jewish, okay? So that we, through faith, that's important. You've got to believe it. Faith believes every word of this. Through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we're redeemed from poverty, sickness, and disease, and spiritual death. We're redeemed from the curse of the law to the blessing of the law. So we could receive the promise of the Spirit. Now, the accuser of the brethren is always in one of these areas. He's in sickness. He's in poverty. <laughs> so be careful. Don't let him use you. Because he tries to rob us of our redemptive rights. Because he brings, he tries to bring the curse of the broken law on us. Poverty, sickness, and death. You know why? My people perish from lack of knowledge. And he keeps our inheritance from us. If you're born again, your inheritance is huge. See, I'm just learning all this stuff, really. I mean, are trying to... You know, you're programmed for so long not to believe it. I'm just, you know, <laughs> and it prevents us from living in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. See, all of this is legally ours. Uh, read, I have Galatians 3.22 out of the Amplified. 3.22. But the scriptures picture all mankind as sinners, shut up and imprisoned by sin, so that the inheritance, the blessing, which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, might be given, released, and delivered, and committed to all those who believe, who adhere to and trust in and rely on him. You know, if you read that whole thing, it starts to make sense. It, it, it's, it's just, it's so good. Um, let's go read verse 27. <laughs> right. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ. Now, that doesn't mean water baptism. That means you were baptized into the body of Christ. A spiritual union and communion with Christ, but you've got to be one with him, or it's just stupid religion again. The anointed one, the Messiah, have put on and clothed yourself with Christ. There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. <laughs> there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So someone called me when I first started the church and was, you know, 
FEMA, I got all kinds of phone calls, investors. And this is one of the, the ones I, I, I already knew it. I mean, I knew this scripture by heart. And I said, there is neither Jew nor Greek nor, nor uh, uh, bond nor free nor, I said it out of King James, male nor female in Christ Jesus. And they went, oh, 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 they didn't know the scripture. It says it right in there. Okay, so then I asked the Holy Spirit for sure because I did not want to do something that I wasn't supposed to do. And I said, Holy Spirit, and he says, what's the difference between a man and a woman in the flesh? Tom, I'm not going <laughs> to, you all know the answer to that. And he says, you mean that allows a man to know the word and preach the word better than a woman? I went, oh. <laughs> That's what he told me. I mean, I heard, I, I mean, it was like, the go of the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I heard that whole thing. I wouldn't have thought that up. No. Okay, it says, and if you belong to Christ and you are in him who is Abraham's seed, then you are also Abraham's offspring. And you are spiritual heirs according to the promise. In other words, we are heirs of everything that belongs to God. <laughs> See, that's why we're not getting anywhere, because we don't know that. <laughs> and see, that, that in, the devil tries to keep that inheritance from us and prevent us from living in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of this is legally ours. When you are born again, and I'm finishing up here, but when you are born again, my, one of my favorite scriptures, and put it up there, Colossians 1.13, uh, out of the Amplified, it says you are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, <laughs> devil can't even be in that kingdom. It's the kingdom of light. <laughs> And not all, okay, it says, the Father has, what is has, is that present tense or past tense? It's past tense? It's done, right? The Father has already delivered us out of the, and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the Son of his love. But you, when you don't know that, the devil will trap you. You know how the, anybody, bad people, try to trap innocent people, you know, and steal stuff from them, and kids, you know, too. See, and we are citizens now, put up there, um, Philippians 3.20. We, amplified, we are citizens of heaven immediately. Okay? Oh. It, it was Philippians 3.20. Yeah, and amplified. Mm-hmm. So, well, my next one has a scripture, too. Okay, but we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. We're citizens. All we're doing down here is being ambassadors. People who represent Jesus Christ. 
That's what we're supposed to do. We're ambassadors. Okay, I was going to say something else about that. but Oh, I always like to say, you know what? We should be like billboards, flashing billboards. See the light in you, you know. Uh, so anyway, okay, but we're citizens of the state, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also we earnestly and patiently await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to take us up. Okay, so Romans 8, 2 is another one. Put that up there. Because we live in the law of the spirit of life, which sets us free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the, it's a law. Now this law is in the New Testament, but it's a law of life, the law of the spirit of life and light, <laughs> which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed us from the law of sin and death. And everything that's bad is a death cycle. We got the law of the spirit of life living in us. And, and everything, I mean, the law of death means anything. See, we, we think, well, yeah, I can get you born again, but then you live a horrible life all till you die. That's why we don't have to die in a wheelchair. You don't have to die in bed. You know, you could just say, you know, I'm ready to go, Lord, and the chariot will come and get you. That's what I want to do. But, I mean, I don't, you've got to pump up your faith to get that, though. I want to be there. I, I'm, I don't know. But anyway, okay. I still, you know, okay. So you live by the law of the spirit of life, which sets you free from the law of sin and death. And Satan does not just roll over, though, and let that happen. He wants to deceive you because most of us don't even know about it. Okay, so we're commanded to give him no place. Ephesians 4.20 says, give no place to the devil. Now know this, Satan has no answer for the blood of Jesus, but he tries to deceive you into settling for less than, than we, we have. He tries to, and because we think we don't deserve it. Legally, he was defeated at Calvary. And so legally, we are victorious through Christ. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. As God is, so am I in this world. Those are all scriptures. Behold, I give you power and authority over, our, over all the demonic spirits. He gives, us, he gives us that power and authority. We are more than conquerors. All those scriptures. I give you power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. See, God will always cause you to triumph, but you've got to believe it. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But, but you don't just say so, you say the word. But you're redeemed, you're rescued, and you have to tell the devil off with the word. So you've got to start knowing some of the word. Those kind of things. I mean, I, I just beg you to get it in you. 
There's the mirror of the word out there, and it is good. You know what? You can, you can be kind of down. You start saying that stuff out loud, and I am not. You get high. <laughs> but it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed you. Plead the blood with your mouth because it lines up with scripture. But don't just do that. Get the word, too. The Bible instructs us to say we are redeemed. Also, say that scripture, too. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Get out of here. Okay. In 1 John 5, 7, it says there are three that bear record or witness in heaven. The Father, the Word. It doesn't say Son, it says Word, but who is the Word? Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And it says these three are one. First John, the next verse, we probably should have gone there. Yeah, go to the First John 5, 7, and then the next verse, 8. Okay, if you just, if you look at it. But, but okay, well, the, in the Amplified it said, there are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three witnesses on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree, are in unison, and their testimony coincides. So a witness, the blood is a witness, and a witness speaks, right? Witnesses speak in a, in a legal thing, and so the blood speaks. Colossians 1.12, it says, I give thanks to the Father which made us able, made us able, made us able. He's the one who made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's the one who made you able. Receive it. I'll take it. I'll take it. So now I can be have an inheritance. See, if Satan stops this and keeps us from any part of our inheritance, we're to ask that the witness of the blood of Jesus be allowed to speak. All right? And the blood. Hey, Devil, you go look at that blood if you can. Ah. The blood will declare that Jesus bought it for us on the cross, and everything he did on the cross is ours. Hebrews 12, 24, and we had it before, but I, I wrote it down. Just to, You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and the people, and to the sprinkled blood, which forgives instead of crying out for vengeance, as the blood of Abel did. The blood of Jesus forgives us. Remember, who has delivered us from the powers of darkness? That's Colossians 1.13. It declares that Jesus on the cross fully delivered us from all the power of the enemy. So you know what? He has no power over you. 
He has no power to put sin or sickness or pain or disease back on us. And if tra Satan tries to put that curse back on us, we're to call, <clears throat> excuse me, from the, we're to call on the witness of the blood. I, you know, just start remembering that. I got, this did me good too. <laughs> I call on the witness of the blood, devil. It testifies that Christ has set us free from all the curse when he was made a curse for us. See, he bought all those things for us with his precious blood. He already paid the price. So the blood of Jesus says you have victory and you're more than a conqueror. You are justified. You know what justified means? Just He looks at you just as if you had never sinned. You're redeemed. You're ransomed. You're rescued. You're healed. You're, you're delivered. And you know what? You have the peace of God, which means nothing broken and nothing missing. Shalom means that. You are God's property. You get That's what I said to the devil that time when I saw Colossians 1.13. I remembered it. All of a sudden, see, you can read those scriptures and then you got to meditate on them. you got to go. All of a sudden that day, that one popped up in me. Colossians 1.13. I've been redeemed. I've been rescued. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, has, he has, and I thought, oh, I've been delivered. <laughs> well, so devil, get out of here, because I had a lot of bad symptoms. This was a long time ago in the 80s, <laughs> the late 80s. But um, you know what? I just never forgot that scripture since. He has delivered you. From the powers of darkness. He has already translated you. See, you've got to know some scriptures like that. They are real to you. They are really, they are real, real, real. And he wants all of it to be real. More so than any book you read. More so than any diagnosis you get. More so, God's more than people. And what's in the world. You are God's property. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Get out of here. And you have eternal salvation. Yes. You are clean and blood washed. Yes. Free from sin. Yes. So you know what? You, you overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus. Yes. Right? We talked about that a lot. Yes. By the word of your testimony. Boldly declaring promises. Yes. And you know like Jesus did. And like we're learning in, in the Bible study. Answer it. Who did that? Jesus did. He answered the devil with the written word of God. But if you don't know any word, I'll, I'll just a minute, let me look something up. <laughs> you just say, it is written, devil. Get out of here. And you love not your lives, even unto death. That's something to think about. You know what? That means committed Christians. You are yielded. You are consecrated. You submit not only your body, but you submit your mind. And you know, as funny Keith Moore was saying that, he was talking about that we've really got to submit our bodies 
to Christ. Sure, your spirit might be saved, but you got to submit your body because of what's going on and your mind. See, all God has is ours, and we're, we're willing to lay down your lives for him. You don't overcome Satan by your good works, by your tenacity, by your goodness, by your holiness, by your uh, mental capability. You overcome him by the blood of Jesus and his righteousness. Well, I was going to have you say this, and maybe I will, but also the Lord told me that if you have any kind of, I, to do this today, I, any kind of sickness in your body, but we're going to say a confession first, just a little, you know, thing. Okay. Um, sickness, disease, depression, uh, even money problems, any kind of thing, but I'm just, I'm going to lay hands on you fast. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to stop and ask you what or where or when. It's going to be, you've got to believe it's done because we're doing this. Okay, so uh, why don't you all stand up? Just stand up now and say, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. And devil... You can't put poverty, sickness, or disease, or any kind of a death cycle on me. According to Deuteronomy 28, all sickness is a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3.13... I am redeemed from the curse of the law, and I say so. It is written, Jesus himself, he took my infirmities, and he bore my sicknesses. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and I overcome you, Satan, by that blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Because you said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And all God's power and all his blessings are mine. I can prove that to you with scripture. I can hear somebody saying, all his power? Right in Ephesians, the Ephesians prayer. He gave us his resurrection power. If you are born again, it lives in you. So I plead the blood of Jesus over my body and over my mind. And I command you, Satan, <laughs> Look at the blood of Jesus. Because you're already defeated. And the witness of the blood speaks that I am healed, that I am set free, and I send 
God's power. Now, this is, this is you have to say. It's either to your finances, to a part of your body. You know, you just say it to him privately. Or maybe more than one part of your body. I'm going to say, my knees and my bones. <laughs> I send God's power and the blood of Jesus. And believe it is working continually. And that's why. You, you keep thinking about that part of your body. And if you need healing your body, we're going to lay hands on you. Okay? Because that's what the Lord said to do. Thank you, Lord. So get up here. If you Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, way up there. You know what I really like to do, like Nancy does, is stand up here. Okay, I'm just going to, hallelujah. You have got to believe that everything, we said this, we're redeemed by the blood. And Satan has to look at that blood. Or your your finances are redeemed. <laughs> I know some of you should be up here. David, you should be up here. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you, Father. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay, washers, where are you? Okay, be healed in the name of Jesus, because this is strong. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. You can be healed. Okay, be healed. Our finances be healed, whatever it is. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Ha, 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 be healed. <laughs> Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Long life. <laughs> okay, so be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay. Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I believe it. The healing power. Okay. Ooh. Be healed in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. You are healed. Fever. Be gone. You know what? Devil, get your hands off of this child. Boy, God's got some great things for him. It's like he attacked me all the time. Not that, that I just mean he's got plans. No more. We plead the blood of Jesus over and around your hearing ears. Yes. And your whole body. The blood. 
this is a covenant child that belongs to covenant parents. And I thank you, devil, you have no right over him. In Jesus' name, go. Yeah, I command you to look at the blood. You look at the blood. No more. Yes. They're tithers, they're givers, they're following the plan of God. And you have no right over him. In Jesus' name. It's because he has beautiful hearing ears to the gospel of Christ. His seeing eyes. Jesus. Ha, yeah. Be healed in Jesus' name. Okay. Be healed in every part of your body. Amen. Be healed in Jesus' name. told me something, so I'm going to come right up to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know that whole thing scared you, but the Lord told me to just pray for you for any kind of depression. Am I right? Yep. Oh, oh my gosh, you're telling me that. Father, I command that spirit of depression to leave her in Jesus' name. God is crying over you. He's seeing the pain in your heart, and he wants to heal that heart. Heal it, heal it. So I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that life and light are in her. Life and light. And you have no right over her devil to put that depression. Ah, she has the mind of Christ. I'm to lay my, the mind of Christ and holds the, th the thoughts and the feelings and the plans and the purposes. This is the mind of Christ. Don't you touch her. No, devil, you can't have her. We stand in her gap. I put the blood of Jesus over and around her soul, her mind, her will, her emotions. Uh, heal her of the past, Lord God. The Lord God looks upon you and knows the hurt in your heart that he took. He took it. He took it. He took all those. That's one of those things even called infirmities. He took it. And he wants you healed because he has a great mighty work for you in these last times. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. too late. It's not too late. Not too late. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Speak life into her. It says how God anointed 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth was manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God is with you and God is with you. Yes. God is your healer. Charity came. What? We were singing it. What? I speak Jesus. Could you pull that up on YouTube or something? I speak Jesus. Can you actually put her face up there? We don't have the words, so. Every soul in hell, in heaven, 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 in he
righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost, but I haven't always had it either. But I think about that, and, and, and it, you know, we can have joy and peace, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and God loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. And he wants to help you. You're his children, just like you want to help your children. <laughs> just like, you know, you need to see somebody, a little, you know, guy sick like that. He's not. He's healed now. I even noticed he was going, he was starting to sing the song. And then he went like this at the end. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah. Oh, pretty. Got socks on. Ooh. It's too bad. Maybe we should play I Win. <laughs> okay, we're going to sing one more song. Oh, we're supposed to take it there. <laughs> now this is a wild song. Because people want to hear the gospel. That's why Amos 8:11 says, "In the last days there'll be not a lack of water or bread, but the preaching of the gospel." Ooh, a lot like of that. Not yeah. the oh, oh, oh. Okay. Come here, come here, Wyatt. Come here. Look at him. Come here. Come here. Come here. I win. <laughs> and he's healed. Healed. Woo! <laughs> Innocence. <laughs> yeah. That's a song by Raymond. You can get it on. That's a good one, though, too. No matter what it is, if it's finances, if it's your body, we win. And we got to believe it. And there was proof. Now he sees, started to get, he was like the whole time, not himself. He's usually smiling. And he was hot. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, well, whew, what a day. You're dismissed, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, we've got to take the offering for Ken. Sorry. Okay. We get to. We get to. Yes, pass them out. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. We win. Y'all right.
You know, it says, it says the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven, we suffer violence, right? So what's that? When we say, what are we taking by force? That's the word. That's the promise. You know, we take what? What's already been given to us. We say, it's mine. It's mine. You get angry. You get an attitude about it. And you got to dance. There's been times I've like, it just pressure in the mind. When that pressure in the mind comes, that... You don't gotta. You don't gotta try to outthink those thoughts. That's what. The de- you, sometimes you, you you say to yourself, "Oh, I gotta outthink this." Man, yeah. this is true. But then the devil's like, "Well, you're not in faith about this. Well, then you're not in this." He'll try to work his yeah, way around the word to try to convince you that the word isn't true. But what you need to do is you need to act. When that happens, when your mind's going, 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 just stop what you're doing. Get your mind off it, and you start acting. And what's acting? What we just did. We got to dance. We got to laugh. You got to for You don't got to feel like it. That's the best part about faith. It works best when you don't feel like it. Right. But I will promise you, God didn't author us to live a life of, uh, of mundane where we don't feel anything. Our feelings aren't to rule us, but we're to feel something. And if you act enough, you'll start feeling it. You'll get start feeling it. And it'll start dominating your living and you'll start giving. And that's when you see past people like Pastor Ken who start living like that. They start living from their spirit. He starts living in joy and peace, you know. We're blessed to be able to give unto him, but, you know, blessed to be able to see him, to have examples like him, right? 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 He'll dance. He's not afraid to, right? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Well, ushers, um, whenever y'all are ready, doesn't look like it. It's all good. Hallelujah. Can always talk. We can say hallelujah again. Hallelujah. hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory. Man, when I say glory, I'm saying y'all can bring it forward. When I'm saying glory, I'm saying manifested presence. I'm saying manifested goodness. I'm saying manifested power in my life for that situation. And that's when I win. That's when I win. I win. That's how you do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. After the bucket has gone your way, y'all say it and say it boldly. Say, I win. And y'all can be dismissed. Glory. You take this flow home. You take it with you and you don't let it go. Glory to God.